The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. Head to Gamefly.com slash far beyond for a free premium 30-day trial today. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Welcome, everyone, to episode 519 of Beyond. Today we have to talk about uh, why this episode is late. That'll be an interesting conversation. Battlefront 2, Wolfenstein 2, um, Warner Bros.'s new portkey games thing. There's going to be a, a Harry Potter game from Niantic, which is really exciting. Um, fighting game news and PSX. Uh, joining me today, we have Marty Sleeve. Hello. I'm Alana. We have Andrew Goldfarb. Hello. And Cassidy. Hello. I don't know Thank how you to pronounce your last name. Moser. Oh, that's easy. So Moser. You know, Moser. It's, it's, it's very easy. Commonly Moser. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, that's I feel like you should have just asked her that beforehand. No. I feel well, like that's better what a... if we get the guests to do it themselves. And no, not, like, well, people forget my last name. No, it's totally fine. There it's, we go. Uh, <laughs> there's what's his name? Uh, he used to be on all the old like Kevin Smith podcasts or whatever. It's Scott Moser. Oh, yeah? I think. Yeah. That's my uncle. Yeah. Is it really? It's not. No. It's absolutely Damn it. Just damn it. But uh, Cassidy, you run our Snapchat team, I correct? Do. Yes. That is very cool. So that's, I that's... work for the kids and I make memes for 13-year-olds. It's pretty great. It's lit. Don't <laughs> ever do that. what they say. Yeah. Snapchat is our secret, just like the craziest corner of IGN. It really and is. And yeah. if you haven't <laughs> downloaded, I literally only download Snapchat for IGN. Oh, same. For oh, yeah, I, mean, I have the, it for nothing else. No, the running joke on the team is I have no idea how to use a personal Snapchat, yeah. but I know how to optimize it one. so that you know children tap into it. God, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. It's really weird. Sounds fun, though. It is fun. Um, so speaking of children operating smartphones, where are Max and Brian today? Uh, <laughs> I believe they're doing like they a, a shoot related to Star Wars. Yeah, okay. I think they're doing a bunch of Star Wars. I stuff feel like because, I just saw uh, them unboxing a Battlefront Two PS4. Yeah. Well, so I, there you go. Yeah, yeah. and then they said a stream, and I was like, "What are you streaming?" And they said, "None of your business." <laughs> and I was like, "That's an aggressive, very defensive about it." That's an aggressive way to start the morning. <laughs> um, speaking of aggressive ways to start a morning, <laughs> yeah. So there wasn't an episode yesterday because uh, last Friday, a former IGN employee went public about. Sexual harassment allegations that happened while she was working at IGN. We're not going to go into any details about what happened specifically because it's not our place to do so. And also there's legal issues there and we don't want to call names or share a story that's not ours, basically. Um, but what we did want to talk about is what happened at IGN yesterday, which was pretty crazy. Uh, basically, we came in in the morning and, you know, we're expecting a public statement from the company. We were expecting 
I'll hire ups to do something and come forward with with something about um, all of this public information and the conversation surrounding it. And they hadn't done that in the morning. And our attitude was like, okay, let's let's go into a room and yell at people for two hours. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's basically what happened. Um, people came yeah. came forward and very very openly like talked about all of the problems that they have with what happened and how ashamed they are. And and people who didn't know, which is like large majority of the content team, had no idea about any of this. Um, and both of the employees or two of the employees involved are gone. Technically three of them, there's still one here, but so basically it was just a very, very, very intense morning. Um, and ultimately what we ended up doing was, and management was totally cool with it, was saying that we, uh, refused to work until they issued a public statement or rather let us issue a public statement mm-hmm. because we really wanted this, the statement to be from the staff. Yeah. It was a, it was yeah. a pretty powerful morning actually. It was um, just sitting in a room with like, I don't know, 40 plus editors and producers just sitting around and everybody all at once just airing their grievances. Like it just felt like there was a tension that snapped mm-hmm. and things just got laid out very cleanly. Um, yeah. But I never felt like really anyone, cool. like there were no, there was a lot of anger, yes. uh, a lot of it from people sitting at this table, but it was, directed like appropriate anger like i feel like it was anger on behalf of people rather than i mean we were no embarrassed and, and ashamed and, and yeah. i feel like it was the anger was us being unified in yeah anger. yeah That's, and pro- it was productive yeah like, it, it so felt too. like it made me proud to look around that room it's, yeah. like people yeah. were fighting for something it's funny we always talk about those uh being in the war room at e3 during conferences as those moments of like oh this is this is IGN working as one single unit. Like this is us at our best. And that meeting almost felt like that. It felt like such a show of solidarity between, you know, the four of us, uh, folks who are very forward facing on shows Mm -hmm. and folks who work behind the scenes on content that you may have never even seen from or heard from. But everyone in that room had a voice and everyone in that room had a, had a pedestal to speak on. Yeah. It was basically like the entire content team on one side and three people in management (laughs) and HR on the other side, just just being yelled at. And it's like it wasn't even necessarily their fault. Like the 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 person who I'm most mad at in this situation is our previous uh, HR person who's already gone. So it's like we couldn't just yell at that. Like yeah. it was so weird, but um, yeah, it think, was pretty incredible. I think the anger was kind of multi pronged, and like this is something that I saw in terms of reporting it that kind of bothered me. Where it, it was not a strike strictly because of the situation. It was a strike because we had not made a statement. And it had right. been 72 hours. That's and exactly we felt that that was completely inappropriate. Yeah. 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 Um, but also, we were angry at the institution for failing our friend. And also, well, our friends, there were two of them. You know, and we wanted to know how this was going to resolve in the future. And there are currently things that we were like, we have concerns about this. Like, how do we know that we can come forward and it will be handled appropriately? I mean, that so, was a big thing. Yeah. Is like, of course, I care so much about the people affected by this and... Like, just so intensely, but, like, one thing that I was like, okay, prove to me that if something happens to me in this workplace, that I will be safe. And and they were like, well, how do we do that? I was like, you come back to me in a week and tell me what you're going to do. Like, that's not on me. You have to figure out the action plan for this to make sure employees all feel safe here and feel like they can report something and, like, it be dealt with. Yeah, and and going along with that, the reason that the four of us, along with a lot of the office, is back here today working and and making shows Mm -hmm. and and content is because, uh, to management's credit, uh, they did allow us the the content team to draft uh, an article that's up on IGN that we were all proud of. Yeah, so you guys can read that right now. And I want to be clear, like, some people were confused about why that came from the staff rather than from management, and it's because we wanted it to. Mm -hmm. Um, Staff very explicitly wanted to say we want to be able to say what we want to say management maybe has to say something separate for legal reasons that they have to worry about that we were just like we want to tell people how we feel 
as the soul of this company. And, and they still have a, a management still is a thing coming today that is kind of that step because yeah. like the, the next part of it was exactly what you said. Like we were like, okay, like we want to talk about what happened. We also want to talk about like how we get better moving forward. Yeah. And that's kind of like, I think their statement by the time we're listening, this is probably up is sort of the steps they're promising us to, to move past this basically. Yeah. And I, I ultimately feel like it was very positive and, and yeah. crazy. I mean, and it, like the fact that we were even able to write a statement and release it as was like still kind of, I'm like shook by it. Well, okay. Yeah. So I was talking to Moni yeah. about this yesterday. <laughs> this is more a teen. When chat. I was trying yeah. to like paint a picture to my dad about what, what happened, we effectively forced a multi-million dollar company to allow us to say whatever we wanted yeah. to say about sexual harassment to their millions of followers I'll never do anything that impactful ever again no. in my life. Yeah, no. Like, that's amazing. It's like the, the biggest entertainment media site in the world. And enough of us were like, this is not fair that we walked out and they were like, all right, say whatever you want. We're sorry. Yeah. Like, and this is a, a company that's yeah. so much bigger than us. I yeah. mean, and I, I do to the, to their credit, like, like you say forced, but like, I did feel like they were listening. Like, oh, they it, absolutely like, were. It yeah. wasn't like they were like against the idea. Like, like I tried I think, to be clear about that in that, like when we said that we were leaving, they were like, we totally get it. Like this, like we th- we said we would do that. And they were like, we get it. We'll work on the statement. We'll get it done. At no yeah. point were they like, we're not going to do it. And so we left. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. It didn't happen that way. They were very understanding. And yeah. everyone was like, if you guys don't want to work, it's cool. Like we're very sorry. Like, yeah, a bunch of people in the comments were like, are you going to get fired? I'm like, we're not going to get fired. No, it's, it's yeah. a like it would be so hard for them to fire that many of us. <laughs> like it's so funny. People think we're replaceable. It's like, son, you you have something going. Like, I feel like individually, most of us are replaceable in, in that big of a group. It's it's like, how do you replace <laughs> that many you? people and still make content? They just like, have like old back catalogs of episodes. Also, like, everyone has these like little bits of institutional knowledge to where it's like, well, that's it. If Andrew's gone, there's like seven questions that the answers for those questions are gone. There's no one really nobody how pays attention to, to Snapchat, so it would have yeah. ground to a halt. Oh, Who's going to write good. about Persona? No one knows how to use the image CMS. Yeah. Like, how do you make yeah. a slideshow, Alana? I don't yeah, know. I'm like, gone. That's one thing, too, is like people need to understand it was everyone like it like literally the entire editorial pool was empty like yeah. everybody was in that room like it wasn't just a handful of people so yeah and it like was, it was pretty incredible you know credit to our zoo like this should have been handled appropriately like a year ago you know so obviously like that needs to be held accountable but at the same time you know shout out to management for at least listening to us yes. they absolutely yeah. did like, and it, they didn't want to listen to us in a large group in a room because that was intimidating we were like no we're all coming in this yeah. room and we're all going to do this right now yeah. this is yeah. this happening <laughs> and typically like some people have been asking like why this is being talked about now and the reality is majority of the content team had absolutely no idea that any of this was happening yep. and again there's like weird legal hr issues so i cannot talk about any of the details but um if you want to find the information it is out there. Maybe search for like IGN <laughs> controversy. Be good. Just be good at the internet, and you'll find it. Mm-hmm. I can't even. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. But ultimately, we feel positive about it, and and we want to lead by example going forward in the industry, and you know, be a company that is outspoken about not tolerating this kind of things uh, internally and externally. So that's the plan going I think, forward. Like I don't know. Like I made this point yesterday too. Like we all love it here. Like we love. Well, that's why we, we work so with, much. and that's exactly why we care so much. Mm. And that's exactly why we went on strike, and we didn't just like. You know, okay, bye. Like, I mean, yeah. that's that's the thing is like all of us. We had a career goal to work here, mm-hmm. yeah, and we achieved that goal. And the reason we are still here is because we do love this place, and we want it. We when we eventually leave, we want to leave it as a better place than yeah. than when we entered. And I think yesterday was a, a really a step forward. For totally that. agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, ultimately, it was it was a good day, and now we're going to talk about video games. 
This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. It has gotten increasingly difficult to try games before you buy them, but Gamefly lets you take your pick from a library of over 9,000 titles, including the biggest new releases like Assassin's Creed Origins, Call of Duty World War II, NBA 2K18, Madden 18, and many, many more. Gamefly will ship these games to you, and you can keep them as long as you want. There are no late fees or due dates, and shipping is always free. This breaks down to as little as 54 cents a day, which is a lot cheaper than dropping 60 bucks on a brand new game that you can't stand playing. Plus, you don't even have to leave the house. Oh, and they rent movies, too. Normally, a Gamefly trial only lets you check out one game at a time, but if you head to Gamefly.com slash FarBeyond, you can sign up for a free premium 30-day trial that lets you check out two games or movies at a time. Try it out today again at gamefly.com slash far beyond. Battlefront 2. <laughs> I don't know how to segue out of that in any way that's neat. So we have to do very good moving on to Battlefront 2. Let's just do it. Yeah. Uh, that was our review of yesterday, and you can also read our review of Battlefront 2. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so if you go on the site now, our uh, review in progress is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Marks reviewed it, who uh, is our newest PC editor. Uh, and the reason Tom is reviewing it is because uh, Mitch Dyer, as we've mentioned several times, a former IGN uh, coworker and close personal friend of a lot of us, Mitch Dyer, co-wrote the campaign with Walt Williams, who was on the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, and so we, Tom never worked with Mitch. Tom's literally never met Mitch, so he's yeah. a perfect candidate. To be. Also, Tom's like a competent shooter player and like knows yes. like I mean like it's not, that's not <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason. reason and yeah. Tom likes Star Wars yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah which is like a weird thing for us in this office before Tom started we were like how the hell are we going to review this game and then he did and we were like oh yeah. <laughs> no, that's how. Um, but there was a review event that we didn't go to I think Dan ultimately decided we weren't going to go the re- to the review event because they suck and are terrible so that's why it's a review in, <laughs> review in progress right now I'm going to call publishers out on that every time well it's also a review in progress really because the, the game's not out yet like, right yes like until server well I mean it, it, like it's in Oh, early access, or yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, but it's like not once, out officially until Friday. Yeah, yeah, once like the servers are out fully in the wild, this is what we do with multiplayer games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't want to, you know, we want to see what happens when two million when people jump stress. onto a game right away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yep. Um, so yeah, currently a seven, and there was all this controversy that came to light yesterday about the costs of buying a hero. So it ultimately came down to someone said they had paid eighty dollars to get Darth Vader and still couldn't get Darth Vader, meaning they literally paid the microtransactions to get eighty dollars, and it didn't work, and so someone else, like as a result of that anger, calculated the exact amount of time that it would take to buy a hero with in-game credits, and like how much you would, how many credits you would earn per average minute in-game, and they calculated that it would be forty hours before you could actually earn a I single hero. I didn't even realize. I thought they meant they bought the eighty dollars edition. I didn't realize it was like that's crazy if you could yeah. spend eighty dollars and not even get. Oh, it actually could be. You might be right. Oh, uh, I, I mean, either way, like it was sixty thousand points to get darth vader which is like yeah absolutely absurd and so like i like i wanted to say to ea's credit not really to ea's credit because it took them this long like they they lowered those amounts so i think it's yes. now by a quarter or by three quarters yes yeah. so yeah. before yeah. that uh the most downvoted reddit comment ever is now from ea <laughs> did we know um, what it was previously because i really want to know that yeah Ooh, that's, that's a, a good, good question, question. i was saying it's also funny though because ea has the most downvoted reddit comment ever and activision has the most downvoted youtube video yeah. ever for call of duty so games industry yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> get ready this take two is, this is a little bit of ea's comment i did cut some parts out but uh the gist of it is the intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes we'll be making constant adjustments to ensure that players have challenges that are compelling rewarding and of course attainable via gameplay so people were ultimately mad at this because it was like 
you, you can buy these heroes by microtransactions, but they're like, but a sense of pride and accomplishment in unlocking them. Like, but you can pay for them. <laughs> That's yeah. not yeah. how yeah, that works. We worked hard for that money, and now yeah. you feel really yeah. uh, but So to- people were very angry, and then uh, EA changed it and cut the costs of heroes by 75%. So 30 is, minutes before the review embargo. This is something that I've been thinking about a lot, actually, and I forget who it was that tweeted it, so I apologize to this person. But there was a tweet that went out not too long ago that just said, like, the games industry is unsustainable. Um, and, like, microtransactions are such a weird, weird conversation to have because there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it, but everybody thinks it's a black and white thing and it's so super not. And, like... In terms of this stuff, like I don't, I don't begrudge companies for putting out stuff that are like, hey, this is extra money. We need this. Games are super expensive to make, and we need to see a return on it that will be, you know, will make sense for us. But at the same time, it's like I don't know how you balance that between what people are conditioned to expect from a video game versus what we need in order to keep this thing going. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's kind of where this gets weird. I am working on a feature about this where I'm trying to interview like multiple people. I've currently interviewed four. I'm trying mm. to get more to work on this feature about whether ultimately whether that is true, whether microtransactions are in games because they are too expensive to make or whether publishers are just money hungry. And I've gotten yeah. mixed yeah. responses on it. My thesis yeah. is that I don't believe that because video games are constantly making so much more money every year, getting more pre-orders every year. So I don't believe that like the return isn't there. I mean, FIFA alone makes EA $900 million a year. But the the only counterpoint to that, and God, like in no world am I trying to take the side of publishers. I do think it's worth noting that 360 PS3 games were $60.00. PS4, Xbox One games are still $60, but those games have gotten significantly more expensive to and make. And also, since then, digital games have become like way, way, way bigger, and we and get charged the exact yeah, same exactly. thing for them. Like, so, it's, like, you're a publisher stooge. I, I, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really, really not. Like, you're I absolutely just, right yeah. that I'm like, I have no doubt games have gotten more expensive, but the industry is like, everything is merchandised as yeah. well. Like, mm-hmm. these companies are making so much money that yeah. I just don't buy that, like, the publishers are struggling and can't afford yeah, to. It's not so much that it's struggling. I, I kind of feel like we are in the midst of a shift in terms of how these things will be monetized and so we are in that really ugly like gritty middle chapter <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, really there is a, a like right happens. way to do it i mean sure. it's weird it's funny i feel like there's the there's publishers like and developers like uh valve and blizzard and riot who seemingly you I don't, remember I would, when uh, valve was a developer yeah those are <laughs> oh, good times <laughs> uh but their games are the foundation of their games are on microtransactions, and most of them are cosmetic. When you look at Overwatch, and when you look at Dota, um, mm. and, and all those hats, people seem to be perfectly fine with that. And I don't know if it's because those three developers, in particular, are sort of in this rarefied atmosphere where they're kind of removed from criticism, seemingly. Whereas everyone loves to hate EA, everyone loves to hate Activision for the sure. same reason. Like we we get a lot of terrible comments on online. It's because well, if you were the biggest, you're going to have the target on your back. I mean, I absolutely think that's the case for EA, where a lot of people hate them like extra hard because they're the big guy. It's like those people love EA games. You're like, hey, you remember Mass Effect? They're like, wait a minute, no, no, I love Mass Effect. <laughs> you're like, yeah. yeah. So that is totally part of it as well, and it's it's just that. With Battlefront, even from the beta, it it almost seemed like the game, the multiplayer was built as microtransactions first, and then figure out the game. And it's just they haven't done a great job of like disproving that. And that's the yeah. Sure. It was also like that crappy like at Star Celebration, they were like, "We're excited to announce that all post game content will be free." Like and that is awesome. Seasons, but then like all the goodwill they got from that was sort of not earned necessarily because it like. That was the time to be like, also, there will be microtransactions and here's how they'll work. Because I feel yeah. like it was really weird to be like, we've heard you loud and clear and we're not going to charge you for a season pass anymore. 
and then kind of parenthetical underneath that in the small print, it was like, but we're going to charge you some more for uh, for microtransactions. Yeah, yeah. and I, they all the, the most interesting thing about Battlefront. I am only basing it on what I played of the beta, but. People say, you know, they're optional, you don't have to buy them. Well, in the case of a game that's multiplayer competitive, they're not optional because if someone else buys them, it affects your game. So mm-hmm. it's like, even if you're not buying them, you are affected by someone else having a pay-to-win advantage that completely ruins the competitive landscape. And this so is like where I... Sorry. Uh, this is where I think, like, you know, we are, in terms of, like, the people who currently play games, have been so conditioned in the idea of you buy a game and it's a complete product, mm-hmm. that is what it is, you know, and that's what it is to the end of time. And I think between that and also, like, this... Like this weird new developing horizon of just like games as a service, oh, you know, instead. Like, I think it's that. <laughs> I love that game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just think there's a weird kind of mushy middle that we're finding ourselves in. Um, I mean, that said, like, I'm also not necessarily taking the side of EA. Like, I don't love everything that they do. You know, I'm well, not. But yeah, but we just, you know, don't send them death threats. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I, clearly. Yeah. It's yeah. Not you. It's just also. <laughs> it's happening. Their death snaps, they go away after days. a day. <laughs> um, yeah, and the thing that. That sucks too. Is that like clearly the developers at Motive and Dice don't want this? No, no, that's that's just sucking. No, this is people blaming the devs. You're like, all the way. They want people to focus on the gameplay and have fun, and I'm sure they just want everything to be there. Yeah, have fun with everything, and then like, I don't know. A, don't take it out on anyone, but B, don't don't take it out on them. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think, don't think people realize that devs don't make any money whatsoever from microtransactions. Yeah. I think right. people don't realize that. And like, I think it's important to kind of. I don't know, is this going to be the theme today? Raise your voice. <laughs> but, you know, like I think it is important to kind of give that feedback um, so that, you know, these things can change. But obviously, like, yeah, don't try to kill anybody. Also, <laughs> it's not probably, worth it. Give it's me, just Darth Vader. Give me 35 seconds and I'll find a worse uh, Reddit comment that deserves oh, totally. more down votes. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah, some of those have been directed well, at Well, that me. was it's like great. we were... T- when <laughs> I think when the uh, Infinite Warfare trailer came out, and uh, like we were on Up and New talking about it, and I was like, "Here's a bunch of videos that have fewer downvotes." Here's the speech from Here's Hitler. Literal Hitler speeches that have fewer downvotes. Let's rally against these. Oh, kids. it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think the landscape we're in right now is really interesting, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask you guys, like, what do you think is a game that has done it well? I actually like now that I've got some, gotten some space from it. I think the way that Assassin's Creed Origins has microtransactions is actually a good way to do it. It's a separate menu that you have to tab across to that isn't like brought up at any point when you're playing the game, um, and I don't think it actually pre- affects progression. There are some things that are there that I wish had been in the main game, like there's more outfits and there's like different mounts and stuff like that. But for the most that part, unicorn? it's yeah. Which is just, why can't I get a unicorn in the game? It's completely separate, and it's like I think that's that's a good example of how to do that. I think yeah. like Shadow of War seemed. I mean, Shadow War had the so the so weird thing is like uh, Shadow War had the a lot of people had backlash against it because some of the end game stuff was blocked off by either you had to what they called grind and mm-hmm. what our reviewer Dan Stapleton called enjoying the flow of the game. So it wasn't grinding; it was yeah. him, you mm-hmm. know, engaging in the things he enjoyed the most about the game. Uh, whereas Assassin's Creed doesn't really block you off too much from that and there's enough stuff in the world to do i mean you finish it i haven't finished it yet i've put 30 hours into it's it it's pretty grindy and at no point have i felt like i haven't got there yet then. yeah um and yeah i don't know and my thing is just the biggest message you can send is just don't buy them yeah, yeah, totally I think That's yeah. literally I think the thing you could do to answer your question um alana i think blizzard has a decent handle on this stuff yeah specifically with overwatch um because Overwatch, obviously, you can buy, and the game that you get is the game that you get. And the way that they handle progression is so different from what other multiplayer shooters do. Yeah. Where, like, your character doesn't get stronger or weaker or anything. Like, it's the same exact character the whole time. Um, 
but you know they sell like the cosmetics and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think cosmetics it. are a good way to do it. And Overwatch, and this is actually something that I've kind of been formulating a feature idea in my head um, about is is Overwatch like gives players a weird ownership over those characters and the lore of it mm-hmm. in a way that I think makes cosmetics more appealing because it's yeah. like I connect with this character in a yeah. way. Maybe it's I think part of it is kind of representation in terms of like, hey, this person looks like me or sounds like mm-hmm. me and I can take this person and customize them the way that I want and like I've spent money on Overwatch and I don't mind it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, Whereas I've been really, yeah, yeah, totally. To match, and same know. thing with, yeah. with Dota. Like we have people like Miranda and, and you know Mitch when he was working there, they've spent like insane amounts of money in Dota buying like an aesthetic bear. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is my bear and he brings me goods I mean, during the battle. Yeah. There's also like the weird, <laughs> there's that that weird like free to play design too of like I think there are a lot of mobile games that are really money grubby yeah. and they're not great and then there's kind of like that Super Mario run model of like you can play a bunch of the game for free if you want more there's one single microtransaction that then unlocks everything else in the entire game yeah. and it's like that's harder to scale that. up. I mean, the thing is, yeah. like, that is really hard to scale up to a console game, especially like a competitive. game. I think game, the thing that I didn't like about that was that it was like a, it was like ten bucks, right? Like yeah. a ten dollar mobile game is nuts. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree with that, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, that that was like the portal to all the future content and stuff too. Sure, and, like I agree, like that probably maybe could have been five or seven instead of was seven. the ten dollar like a what? weird way to handle it? Did it future proof it? Like is, yeah, that so. one time yeah. ten dollar yes. got you the Mario you Odyssey? You either you own the full game or the demo game, and gotcha. so like the demo game is free, and then if you spend the microtransaction. Literally everything that so like at that point it's not that's even interesting. Yeah. It's just a demo. Like you just straight up have yeah. a demo on your phone. Exactly. And, well, and that's how free to play probably should be, right? Sure. Like, I, yeah. I, like I said, like I don't know. Like I think it's just weird, untested waters that everybody's mm-hmm. kind of feeling out, and one thing works and another thing doesn't. And people raise pitchforks for one yeah. thing, and they're like, "Hey, cool! Like bring me more on I mean, another side." I yeah. also think though that like you going back to what you said about like ten dollars for a mobile game. Like I think it's I think it's bad to sort of uh, to to put a concrete. This is too much for. A shooter. This is too much for a thing without single player. This is too much for a mobile game. That's uh, I don't know. Like, I'm thinking more in terms of like what the user base is used to. Sure, you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah. like Square yeah. Enix releases like a seventeen dollar game, like, on cr- mobile. It's like, cro- like a port of Chrono Trigger. Yeah. You like what the hell? Yeah. Like uh, the world ends with you. Here's the yeah. thirty dollars. <laughs> it's like it's, that's, that's the weird thing about Steam and mobile is like there's no standardization. Like if I go see any movie, whether it's nine hours long or one hour long, like those two nine hour movies. Yeah. Are you seeing that Andy Warhol movie? That's just a skyscraper. Watch Seven Samurai three times. If I see like the three and a half hour Batman vs Superman, or see why'd you like, see uh, that? Nineteen minutes. Uh, What's nineteen um, minutes? What are you paying? Nine zero. Like in other words, no matter the length of the movie itself or the the quality of the movie itself, it's the same price. Sure. And like most console games, like there is variation now, but like I would say most AAA games are sixty across the board on Steam and on iOS and Android. It's the Wild West. Like there are mm-hmm. games that are all over the map for how expensive they are and what their microtransactions are and. I feel like the console safe the console space like does a better job of standardizing that, but now microtransactions have totally blown that up. Yeah. And now it's like there's some games that are adopting all of the worst lessons that the mobile world has has kind of yeah. brought. Uh, so I don't know, like I think EA should be better at this by now. Like it's just frustrating to see that we are like this far or what, like almost five years into this console generation mm-hmm. and they still don't know how any of this works. I mean it's funny because and they they could change. They could learn because look at you mentioned Blizzard. How Blizzard is doing great now. Remember the auction house? Yeah, yeah. like yeah. that was oh, yeah. one of the first. Besides horse armor, which when we look back on was cute. 
Yeah. Like, oh, I yeah. miss horse armor. <laughs> Let's go back to those yeah, days. True. I mean, you uh, can buy that and now. It's like a yeah. thing. <laughs> and Twitter didn't exist, so like you couldn't like tweet at the devs and tell them they should die because the horse now has armor. Um, <laughs> sent snail mail. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with like the auction house, like when that launched for Diablo three, like that was a debacle. I like actually forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. fixed it relatively quickly. Yeah, totally. But, but, yeah. And like you know, clearly they've earned their goodwill back because I think unanimously everyone's. Like Overwatch's model is incredible, and same yeah. with Hearthstone too. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think to a degree. Um, I mean, yeah. the only the only thing with Hearthstone is it's like it's an extremely intimidating game to get into now. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way unless you want to spend a bunch of money. Magic the Other is kind of like that. It's like yeah. scouting now is like oh boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to talk about actual Battlefront too. We played basically everything that was available on EA Access. Yes, uh, so we played the first three missions of the campaign, and then we dabbled in some multiplayer. Yeah, and we'll let um, Max and Brian like fully nut out about all the Star Wars It's going to be insufferable next week. It's going to be absolutely Oh, it's going to be terrible. They're going to be like, but the Star Wars the whole time. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cassidy, did you end up playing it? Uh, I haven't played the campaign. I did play the beta when that was running okay. a few weeks ago. Um, I also read, because I am a huge Star Wars nerd, I also read Inferno Squad, the tie-in. Oh, no awesome. way. I'm very curious about that. How did you like yeah, it? It's really good yeah. okay it's really good it's kind of cool it's uh i always get this mixed up what is the movie about the cop that infiltrates it's uh, the departed mm, training day what's, infernal what's, affairs uh, infernal affairs crushed it it's like infernal affairs but star wars that sounds awesome yeah that sounds really good okay. it's really cool yeah basically what happens is you know and this is all like within the first like few chapters so this isn't spoilers but um it's Aiden Verzio and then her uh, the three people that's with her and her in, that makes up Inferno Squad and they go and they infiltrate the last of the partisans of Saw Gerrera's partisans that you saw in Rogue One mm-hmm. and that's so cool. they kind of go in there and they're trying to yeah basically what happens is the Death Star blows up and everybody's like we gotta fix this like yeah. who let this leak like and so they just launch this witch hunt where they're taking out like all these people that were any possible leaks and anything within the Empire itself. It's really cool. After that is cool. That was after the first Death Star blew up. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. Because the game takes place with the second one. So what we started on a ship. It was a stealth mission. And uh, what we played had some brutal bugs at the start. Um, yeah. And we were playing, to be fair, we were playing on Xbox One X. Yeah. And apparently the bugs are exclusive to that. Yeah. Version. And I think they're they're fixing it. You know, <laughs> wow. I assume so. Exclusive bugs. Console exclusive. <laughs> but, I mean, I want to talk about them anyway. We had one where the droid wouldn't wouldn't do the thing that I told it to, so we had to uh, reload three times. Um, well, the that. droid would just, it just, it would just uh, stay. Refute. It just like found a spot and he's like, I live here now. Yeah, we couldn't make <laughs> this it. This is where I die. Um, and <laughs> oh, then, you're a I actually one. really like the plots where you get to control the droid, though. I thought that was really cool. What's the droid's name? Droid. No. <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping that changes. Is that spelled with letters languages. and numbers? No, so. it's just droid. Oh, that's a bummer. But like I, I, I wonder so if, if maybe that's like part of Aiden's personality is that she's like the kind of person who wouldn't screw around with cutesy names. She's no, like, not at it's all. It's a droid. No, she's so like, extremely straight faced. Yeah, so this I wonder if like that's maybe why. Um, maybe you're mispronouncing it. Maybe it's Dr. Oid. Damn it. <laughs> This whole time? Uh, no, droid That's is my so father. Uh, there's actually another prequel novel about the droid going to med school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fell in love with a back to tank. <laughs> the other one was, even though I was pressing down on the D-pad, I couldn't get in a third-person mode, and I couldn't shoot the doors to make them close. Um, but aside from that, like I really like that was a stealth mission, which was really cool. And then we go to Endor, and it's like explosives, and I'm fighting an ATST, and then like space battles. So there's a ton of variety even in that main campaign, and it all feels really good. Yeah, really and Aiden seems that. like a really cool character that I want to learn more about. And yeah, I want to get more into her backstory. Um, and I know Tom in his review said that the uh, without going into spoilers for the campaign, it's a little. Uh, 
it's a little jarring because a lot of times you'll be pulled away from Aiden and you'll play as, hey, your favorite character, blank, mm-hmm. for a mission. It just seems like, well, what, like... It's like, is like isn't this Aiden's kinda. story? I yeah. mean, my guess is that's a corporate decision. Yeah, they were like, totally. well, you got to have this character in there. So yeah. that was like kind of a thing. But So yeah. my question, because I've seen this raised a few times and I have thoughts on it, is how do you guys feel about playing the bad guys? I think it's cool. I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Again, I actually we, like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know. I, I mean, none of us have finished the campaign, so we don't know like what happens at the end. I don't know if Aiden remains a bad guy or if she has some sort of a, a you know emotional arc and a turn. Sure. Uh, people comparing it to... People saying that they felt uncomfortable, like I, you were allowed to feel uncomfortable with whatever you feel uncomfortable with, but people comparing it to No Russian, I was like, I did not no, see that. Because the they o- fight back. Yeah. And the only thing for me was just weird because we are, for watching Star Wars movies and playing Star Wars games for our whole lives, we are not conditioned to shoot the rebels. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so you'd see a stormtrooper and I'd want to shoot them. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, oh, you're I can't do that. my friend. Yeah. I think that's, that's the, because I, I, I think like, I like that about it. And I haven't played campaign at all yet. I am just like, we have between the expanded universe and the actual canon things like there have been so many Star Wars stories yep. and very, very, very few of them have even tried to show anything from the perspective of the Empire. So like in that way, I'm all for it. Yeah, They're it's like- it's something that they've been doing more recently with like the newer books that are mm-hmm. part of the extended canon. Um, and I actually really like it. So like uh, F, I'm going to mess the name up. Don't kill me, everybody. It's my first time on here. Uh, I believe it's Aftermath is the first book in the trilogy that Chuck Wendig wrote. And they, like there are actually like interstitial chapters that show people who are upset that the Empire is leaving. Because yeah. when they leave their planet, like, they, leave, they lose stability and they mm-hmm. lose like, we don't have water anymore. We don't have food. Um, yeah. And like it, mm-hmm. it shows like the really weird grayness between the two. And it actually flushes it out really nicely. Yeah, and like uh, the book Lost Stars actually deals with this a lot too, mm. and so does Inferno Squad, obviously. But like, it shows like how these people on the Empire side got radicalized, and it shows how they view the rebels and how the rebels are seen as terrorists, and how they're like, we just want order and structure. Right. I mean, it's fascism. Yeah. Not yeah. great, but yeah. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I think it's kind of cool. Like, just as a fan to kind of see. It, it makes it feel more real and not quite as like black and white, like good and bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like mean, because like uh, originally George Lucas was basing this all on like Joseph Campbell's monomyth and the, sure. the hero's journey, and that's pretty black and white, which mm-hmm. is fine. That's like the foundation of most storytelling. But like at this point, like be gray, like give me, you know, give us Breaking Bad, like give yeah. us something yeah. where it's okay. like you have to, it's not just like you're the good guy and you're the bad guy, which is something that clearly this is doing, which is something that, you know, looking at the trailers of The Last Jedi, something I think they're also doing. And then, yeah, it was funny you were saying extending the universe because literally while we were streaming this game last week, the news broke that there was going to be a Star Wars TV show on the Disney streaming it's service. Crazy. That Ryan Johnson's directing a new non-Skywalker trilogy and that EA, which I guess isn't on here, EA has purchased Respawn the developers of Titanfall. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a new Titanfall as well as that Star Wars game they're working on. Mm-hmm. Yep, the director of God of War 3. The end. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big day. It was a large day. A lot day. happened yeah. that day. It was, it was the largest, it was the longest day ever. Did you, did you know about that? It was 27 that? hours. Insider trading like, news. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go. We didn't get the news up on the site. Um, but yeah, we'll have more impressions of that up next week because I know Max and Brian have been playing a bunch of it and they'll be mad if we talk about it this whole time. So. I'm upset because Max took, there was a code and it was between Max and I for over the weekend. And I was like, Max, you are a bigger Star Wars fan than I and you can talk about it on Beyond. And we were very, we were very nice and cordial. And then he's not here and I could have played through the game. You got to fight oh, him. Oh, I'm so sorry. But you know what I did play all weekend, Alana? What? Wolfenstein 2. Excellent. Me too. Uh, <laughs> Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, is what we're talking about next. Um, first up, there's the, the DLC roadmap. They basically, like, they had spoken about the DLC before, but now we know when 
or what the order is? Yes. Is what was announced so, recently? Uh, episode zero is currently out. Uh, you can play it right now. Oh, I did handsies. the thing. I did You're the, doing a lot of handsies. I did the thing a lot. Oh, no. Those are the details. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, episode zero is currently out uh, if you have the season pass or if you pre-ordered the game. And uh, so the whole thing about these is each one uh, deals with a different new character that uh, clearly from the descriptions, uh, each one is focused on one of the augments. Contraptions. Contraptions. So I don't want, we won't go into spoilers, but at a certain point, you could choose one of three contraptions that give you an ability that sort of levels open up and end in a way they have multiple paths through them and multiple ways that you can tackle objects and get into secret routes based on uh, three different abilities. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like each of these uh, standalone adventures is going to deal with one based of those, on one a of character those. with one of those abilities. Yeah, so we have episode zero, that's out now, right? Yeah, that's out now, and that introduces the three characters you play, who are Joseph Stallion, which is a very good name, <laughs> uh, yeah, Jessica good name. Valiant, and uh, Gerald Wilkins. All good names, just all good. Thanks. Um, and then the adventures of Gunslinger Joe. Don't laugh at that. Don't encourage. I'm sorry. Stop, cut it out. That one's about Joseph Stalin. Uh, Stal- adventures Stallion. of Gunslinger Joe you sounds really like an indie Stalin. game. Yeah. Yeah. They all do. The Diaries of Agent Silent Death. Yeah, You're getting true. ahead of the... Oh, no, the script. Uh, the adventures of Gunslinger Joe is December 14th, which is a professional quarterback. Oh, that's Joseph Stallion as well. Yeah. This sounds like an indie game. Like, I would play this indie game. Yeah, well, he they smashes basically through Nazi <laughs> hordes in the ruins of Chicago to the vastness of space. That sounds yeah, like an endless runner. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go from Chicago up to space. Uh, the Diaries of Agent Silent Death is January 30th, which is an ex-OSS agent. That's Jessica Valiant. Uh, she does some stuff in, in California. That's cool. And then The Amazing Deeds of Captain Wilkins. I just want him to be a dog when it says that. <gasps> yeah. You don't know he's not. Dog? That's true. Nope. Uh, well, that one's March 2018. It could be because he's the U.S. Army's renowned hero, Captain Gerald Wilkins. That seems like, like something a dog would be. Yeah. 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 And like, then it says embark. <gasps> he embarks on a mission to Nazi control Alaska. Yeah, but it also says dismantle, so he could be a man. <laughs> Damn it. You're right. Was there ever an Airbud movie where he like joined the army? He got drafted? I am going to guess Air, there is not. You know that Air Russian Bud? bear? Uh, Wojciech? Yeah, yeah. Wojciech. He's a, that's a good pair. I think he's Polish. <laughs> I think really? Wojciech's Polish, yeah. Maybe that's how I know. So uh, that was the, uh, uh, during World War II, the uh, Polish army liberated a uh, a town and there was a zoo in it. And so all the animals were still there. And there was a bear named Wojciech and he, this is real. This is, this is actually real. A, this is real, but B, this is me trying to remember this. But the bear became a member of their battalion and he would smoke cigarettes with them and like hang out with them. And he was also promoted multiple times yeah. through the ranks. Yeah, and his name was Wojciech. Did he, he supply started, the cigarettes? Did he supply them? Yeah. He handled them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, no, he He's a polite like, bear. He That's would good. like carry stuff and load crates. But yeah, he like leveled up through the army. It's great, great. I like project. how sentient yeah. you're making this sound when in the reality inch. they probably like made this bear do all this. <laughs> How bears are huge. You. you can't make a bear smoke. He, in his spare time, played a lot of basketball. He's actually he is a big part of basketball. how the league organized. Yeah. Did yeah. he wear a little fez? Oh, so. that would, I'm sure Voyager <laughs> yeah. had a fez. Yeah. Probably. Sounds pretty solid. Um, uh, but anyways, uh, Wolfenstein's really good. The Freedom Chronicle season pass <laughs> is available for uh, 25 bucks. But yeah, we we played a bunch of the campaign. I love it. I finished it. I just started it again on hard, and yeah. it's very, very, very hard. But yeah. um, you're probably like just over halfway through, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and my, we sort of, the one thing we disagree on is you really like the combat. Really like I the think combat. the combat is totally fine, but the weakest part of the game. And so I kept dying in the opening missions because I'm bad. And so I moved it down to just literally baby difficulty, mm-hmm. which is like his face is a baby. Yeah, he's, he's like wearing a little bib. And and, thing. Yeah. yeah, he's an actual it's baby. very condescending. Yeah. <laughs> but I moved it down there, and I've enjoyed the game so much more. 
then because the thing I care about in the game are the characters. I care about the writing, the story, and exploring the spaces. And I said this on Twitter. Ava's I feel Hammer, like I win because I enjoy all of that and the combat. But I enjoy those aspects more because I went on Twitter and said Ava's Hammer is my favorite space in video game history. It's my favorite area ever. You didn't say anything like that. Um, but I also think the writing. So that's and I also think the writing is writing's very. Good. I don't know how we got here, but B. J. Blazkowicz is the best written character Caroline. of 2017. His constant Andrew, you're gonna love this. It's like a, it's a, like a weird hard boiled noir, and he keeps having he his narration is he keeps like sort of speaking to or writing letters to this character Caroline, mm. and like he like it's. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like beautiful. It is beautiful. <laughs> Some people think it's really dumb and annoying. I think it's um, so But I, I, I love it too. But I can understand the perspective that him like every now and then just talking to this person who's not there is weird. I kind of. But I think it's very like sweet. It. Yeah. I'm torn on it. I think sometimes it comes across as really cheesy because like, I, I was playing it last night and I'm still relatively early on. But like he was in like a subway tunnel and he's just like, Caroline. It's like, I need you with me. Caroline, the dog bit me. I know, I'm just like, okay. Yeah, like. I just think that what he says is so poetic that I'm okay with it. And sure. He's also like, he's dealing with these personal struggles that are like super brutal. Like he's like, hey, I think I'm dying and I can't figure out how to tell my girlfriend. And it's like, he goes through that and you get to hear him thinking about that all the time there's, while he's yeah. telling Nazis. Well, and the there's, film- there's a little bit of that show don't tell that it kind of wish they would do more of with him. Yeah. He, but like at the same time, like I also... This is me being an SJW. I also kind of love that, you know, this like female resistance leader that he looked up to so much. Mm-hmm. is like who he's aspiring to yeah. be and who he's yeah. calling on in these times when he's really struggling and having and a hard time. He's like she almost, was also, she's, she's such a cool character. She's really cool. And yeah. He's literally embodying her because mm-hmm. the suit, her suit is like what is allowing him to live. Right. Um, yeah, well, probably. yeah, I mean, he, I, I don't want to get into spoilers, but I think his logic is like that she's connected to the suit and that's why. That's why he's speaking to her. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like even that's really cool. But it's also just like I love the level design. Like I love their, their boat and exploring it and like how all of the signs are laid out so you know where all of the places are so you don't need a waypoint. It's just like this is this person's room. Here's like the direction this is. And, and that's how you navigate so, it. Set and Fergus are set so is my favorite. good. Uh, oh, Wyatt. And then when you introduce, Fergus. yeah, when you finally get to Manhattan and you get to sort of the the – the like the American resistance group, like every character is so good and so well written. Oh, just, also, Fergus um, is like a therapist, so he can just yell at me yeah. whenever I'm having an anxious Well, episode. so I, I started it. I played the first time with Fergus, and I started it again with Wyatt, and it's way different. Yeah. Like he was really quiet at first. Now he's less quiet, but it's like a completely different story. Like totally, not completely different story, but totally different stuff happens as a result of of Wyatt and how he thinks and how he interacts with stuff. And he goes on this like weird rant about how he dreamt that he was a god and it's like this like Is it the psychedelic like drug thing kinda? Well, he just talks about it. Oh, it's yeah. not a thing you experience. But it's yeah. like it's really cool. Um and uh, I don't remember the name of the town, but you know the the like very happy, cheery Roswell. Nazi town, Roswell. Yeah. Like I spent a lot of time walking around that town just mm. being like, this it's is insane. what, there's yeah. just like Ku Klux Klan members and yeah. Nazis just like walking around and sometimes you see posters, posters of your own face next to a wanted sign and you're just like, oh, oh boy. Oh, I should keep oh, walking. Boy. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, so good. And anyone who, you know, we had the microtransaction uh, conversation earlier and everyone's writing their their hot takes on the death of single player games, which I totally don't think is true. But that being said, if you do want to support really cool, interesting, risk-taking single player games, pick up Wolfenstein. I will yep. say, to your point with combat, I also have had issues with it. Um, Two out of three. So, yeah, so I hear people say like, oh, it's so hard. And like, yes, but I also feel like a lot of the times you are not well equipped with the mechanics in order to do what the game wants you to do. So like 
you know, it is an often encounter that you will walk in and the officers, like there's like two, usually two officers that are stationed in any area. And in order to prevent them from sounding the alarm and calling in reinforcements, you have to kill them. So it's kind of a stealth challenge. The problem is that the game doesn't give you the tools that you need to operate it like a stealth game. That, like That's one of the issues that I've had with it where it's like it's really easy to get spotted. There's no way to move bodies. There's no way to use different distracting techniques like you would have in something like a Dishonored or a Ghost mm-hmm. Recon, right? So it's like that kind of bothered me. There's also the fact that you die very, very easily and the cover system is still kind of janky in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I um, definitely like the cover system. I agree it doesn't give you a bunch of stealth options, but like the ones that I have are ones that I've upgraded my weapons sure, to have. Like I sure. use the silencer on the and, pistol and that's lot. Yeah, and, I've, and I've, I've seen that the upgrades are kind of tailored toward how you play, which is super cool. But then sometimes I, I just use the shotgun with the ricochet thing. That's, it's like, all right. All I, that's all I care <laughs> about using. It. It's so yeah, No, I, I mean, like approaching everything like it's stealth. I like that it's really hard. Yeah, um, I, I love stealth games. And like the first Wolfenstein is one of my all-time favorite games. And like that was how I played that a lot of the yeah. time was like sneaking up behind and like slitting throats because, you know, it's just how yeah. I do. It's metal. Um, the, the one thing I I find uh, a little annoying about the combat is that sometimes you get shot and no, not know where you were shot. Yeah, from. I think that's they the one thing that like annoys me. Fixed that? Oh, did they? I think they did because I, I went back. It updated recently, and I went back and played it, and like it started. And you having, could tell like, there were like oh, splats kind of from the directions that you were getting yeah. shot at. So I think huh. they fixed that, which super helps because that was an issue I had too, where I'd just be going and then I'm like, oh, well, there I'm done, and I'm dead. <laughs> and I don't know how also, I'm dead. did you that. guys get that crocodile jump scare? Yeah. Yes. Holy moly. <laughs> What was I supposed to have a crocodile jump scare? Well, so cool. It's funny because uh, one of the like biggest jump scares I remember in a video game is uh, from Far Cry 3, and it was the exact same thing, but with one of the like Komodo dragons. Yeah. It just like jumps out of the yeah. water at you, and I was like, it's Far Cry 3 all over again. <laughs> Come on. I, would, I wish they would have had narration that Carolina, crocodile Carolina. bit me in the goddamn arm. <laughs> I'm from Texas. Like, he's just, oh, I love him so much. I yeah. just, it's, it's a great game. I love set, like the characters, the voice acting. God, it's, and all, it's a really rich story. It's and, such an incredible opening, and all the stuff with his dad. Ah. Yes, very good. All very good. Um, well, we can talk about a thing that Andrew will have something to say about Niantic. Oh my <laughs> no, god! Don't no, start right now. No way. Oh my god! Uh, so Warner Bros. has created Portkey Games, which is obviously uh, in relation to Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And Wizards Unite is a game from Niantic. Um, it's going to be the first one coming in 2018, which is in theory going to be a Pokemon Go esque. Yeah. yeah, we don't really know much much about it. Yeah, I'm hoping, like, and Porky like is separate. Yeah, from, it's like if we're understanding correctly, it's sort of like Marvel games, yes. right? Where there will be like multiple things under this banner. Yeah. I guess. Right. So that's the thing is, so it's like Wizards Unite is going to be the first game under the banner, and it is yeah. going to be a mobile game by Niantic that's going to use, in theory, the same tech behind Ingress and uh, Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the, and like I don't know how that'll work. Like Harry Potter is so different. Like I think Pokemon inherently, it's like. You walk around and you catch things. That well, it's, is, like, it's weird order. because immediately when we heard about Pokemon Go and then you look at like the Ingress, we're like, oh, I know exactly what this is going to be. Totally, yeah. But with the Wizards game, it's like, well, what do we do? We like go around and do spells? Like, do we? Yeah. I don't and know. Said, like, you're going to like gather information. Like, I don't know. I don't know how any of that will work. I'm, I, and I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are rolling their eyes that they don't like Pokemon Go. I think the Portkey games part of it is, is exciting in the same way that Marvel games has been exciting because like, the idea of like J.K. Rowling and and kind of that entire like Pottermore universe being built out into games mm-hmm. is cool, and I think maybe that means like 
we finally can get like a really cool like faithful open world Harry Potter game or something that doesn't like. have to adhere to the movies. Exactly. Even then, I liked the movie games. I'd be happy if they like kind of revisited those. I in really a liked way. Order of the Phoenix and Half Blood Prince, which were sort of open world games because yeah. it was one of the only truly open world interactive depictions of Hogwarts in the grounds. Yeah, which I think was really cool because I yeah. love that. That's my second favorite space in games next to uh, Ava's Hammer. <laughs> um, so just but, think of Harry Potter MMO is like yeah. the game that needs to be made. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter Bully. Yeah. Harry Potter Persona. Well, that's what I want is Harry Potter Bully. I want like that exact same thing where you go and do those exact classes that we've seen and it's just like as an RPG. Yeah, Yeah, I don't even care. Like it doesn't have to have combat. Like I don't care. Just like give me that like school game. I have like a really solid Quidditch mini game. Yeah. 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 There was a Quidditch game actually. I played a ton of that. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I played a lot of that game. I played a lot of it. I think if we went back. when I was like 13. I think if we went back. No, I would have been like 10. I think we went back. I was 30. Never go back. Never go back. You don't remember when you're 30. Um, But no, the exciting thing about this is like the fact that if we're reading this right, uh, if if Port Key Games is like the Marvel Games label, like we're going to get developers like Square and Insomniac and Capcom. I didn't need you to do that. I did it on my own uh, to be able to make cool things like this. And I'm not sure because... Like, I don't know if Warner Brothers is going to be like, only Warner Brothers Studios, but like, I don't know, like, let's see if, like, I've wanted Rocksteady to do something, and I've wanted... Yeah, them. Rocksteady Harry Potter game would be great. Like, yeah. they have no idea what they're working And on. I've wanted the Nemesis system in Harry Potter forever, mm. so... Um, yeah. I wonder yeah. if the Nemesis system is more complicated than we think, and you can't just pick it up and drop it in something else. I think literally every single facet of game development is infinitely more complicated, complicated than, than any of us could possibly. Yeah. Except for maybe uh, yeah, Andrew, because be he did work in development for one year. Oh yeah, those blog posts I wrote were really, uh, really gave me a lot. <laughs> really of helped make that game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> couldn't have done it without me. I, I don't know how the building's still standing. Honestly, <laughs> I did uh, concept art for an indie game. Mm-hmm. That's oh. I did that once. That means you literally have more development experience. There you go. Yeah, there you go. That was fun. You wrote some stuff. That's true. I wrote some stuff. You wrote some stuff? Yeah, Look at you, professional more. developer. Full disclosure, I used to work for Gearbox. <laughs> Every time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I what you mentioned about Perky Games and kind of what Square is doing and, and sort of watching everything kind of go outside the realm of like what we think of as a single publisher. Um, like one of the other things on here, just to segue to the next thing, but also bring it back to this thing, like Noctis being in uh, Tekken is like such a cool cross developer third-party collaboration yeah. like having Bandai Namco use a Square Enix character in their game when those companies aren't really affiliated in any way and having like Bandai Namco and, and even like Team Ninja is developing um, uh, Dissidia mm-hmm. in which Square Enix is publishing using Final Fantasy characters like I really like that we're seeing more and more of that yeah. and I hope Warner Brothers embraces that because I do think it would be really cool to have like I don't know, like imagine like the Devil May Cry team making a Harry Potter game or something completely yeah. Yeah. weird like that where you get like some it's like combat combos. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like just getting other developers sensibilities into licensed properties. I think is so cool. Yeah, well, it would be. Or the- Sucker Punch. I want Sucker Punch. To I, I want Sucker Punch to make or everything. What, yeah. 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 One of those. what if Ghost of Tsushima is secretly a Harry Potter game? <laughs> Could be. It's just about like, whatever the unlikely. Japanese wizarding school is. Oh, okay. No, we don't no, know what the Japanese wizarding school is. Back on board. Yeah. Is it just one of the ghosts that hangs out at Hogwarts? Yeah. It's just just like, like, I, I feel like they do mention what the Japanese wizarding school is. Because I know you, they talk about like some of the European the ones. The Russian like, one. Thermstring and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so to speak about the the weird fighting games, Noctis is coming to Tekken Seven. Yeah, uh, they're really just whoring out Final Fantasy Fifteen. <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah, just mean, just putting it everywhere. It, it really it reminds me of what Atlas did with uh, you, the main character for Persona Four, who is just in everything me? in the world with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the main uh, character. I haven't even played like, the game. I'm the main character. The, the protagonist of Persona Four is in like. 20 spin-offs and like, had, like the Blaze is, Blue fighting game that and, like, Assassin's Creed tie-in yeah, like I love like, Final Fantasy 15 I think it's yeah. a great game just like it's, what's that really just putting Noctis everywhere it's so yeah. funny because I think like when you're like the main character Persona 4 I'm like that's dumb who'd play into those things but if you put like Lady On in literally any game I'm like I'm playing yeah. on to <laughs> this game I'm playing it, online. Playing it. Yep. Yeah. online uh, oh nice. god nice yeah I, I think Tekken this is honestly the most attention I've faced to Tekken in a little also while. same since launch this is so, the most yeah oh I was gonna say since Tekken 3 yes also the trailer they made is incredible it reminds me of what nintendo did with like the smash brothers trailers or sony did with like a little bit less than sony but with places and all-star trailers and stuff where like you get these little like intro scenes that are from the game itself and mm-hmm. like the tekken trailer is really cool like it literally begins with you accepting a mission and it's like not just in the phone it's like really smart that's super cute yeah. um but related to that ninja turtles are also coming to injustice too which is my favorite thing ever yes. yeah. i like how injustice is slowly becoming a thing that's like out Marvel versus Capcoming, Marvel versus yeah. Capcom. So, Marvel versus Capcom still sold well. There is precedence to this because there was a, a Batman Ninja Turtles crossover comic, yeah, which true. actually yeah, was yeah. pretty good. So, like, it's, I mean, it's still weird, but it's, it makes a little bit more sense, I think. I think me. it's I think cool. This is great. I love seeing stuff like this. Like, I mm-hmm. love seeing are all whatever four of them in Soul it? Yeah, all four of them are whatever. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I mean, they've done it before with this game. They put, like, uh, they put Hellboy in the game. And totally. In Mortal Kombat games in the past, they've put, like, Freddy and yep. uh, Leatherface. And at least What's it's the, not the Battle And Soul Calibur's done that with every single Yeah, yeah. 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 What's um, the weirdest fighting game crossover character? I mean, having Yoda in Soul Calibur is pretty weird. Yeah. yeah. That was, yeah, yeah. It was think, pretty weird. I feel like Altair was a weirder one, though. Yeah. Was it Altair or was that Zio? I think it was Ezio. It was Ezio. Yeah. Yeah. Having Solid Snake in Brawl was maybe That was so no, I'm like, you're that. a human murderer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like Other literally dropping grenades. Murderer. Who? Samus is kind of a human murderer. No, she kills like bounty hunters. And Doesn't make her less murderous. She kills like yeah. space pirates. They're yeah, like, like little brain things. with like kills things. But love didn't bloom on the battlefield. Good point. Yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Injustice 2 is a really good game. I played it. Uh, I got really yeah. mad at it because I played it on Xbox and my achievements didn't unlock because I was playing it offline and then I went online and now none of them will unlock and I'm still very angry at it. Complaining about that while we were drinking this weekend. I put so much time into it and it's weird because even when I played online, the online achievements wouldn't unlock because like it was convinced that I couldn't get that far in the game because the first achievements didn't unlock. Just very, very unhappy about it. But maybe now because Donatello, Donatello it, is in it. It just really makes me laugh because like Lucy and Alicia were in town and like we were at one end of the bar talking about like our offices and talking about like work. And I love that you guys were at the other end of the bar and Alana's like, and the achievements still haven't unlocked. Like, <laughs> sloshing yeah. beer around everywhere. <laughs> Representation of women at IGN water. and where are my chivos? <laughs> Very unhappy about that. Uh, but I, yeah, I think this is super cool. Um, who's everyone's favorite Ninja Turtle? That's a good question. Leonardo. All right. Donatello, because I like his bow staff. I'm also Donatello. Mm. Mm, Raphael, because he was sarcastic. Oh, he's such he's so he's a boring. rude dude. He's so I mean, the boring. thing is, like, the thing with. See, I think Donatello and Michelangelo are boring. How? Donatello's got Donatello's lo- smart. I mean, that's cool. But yeah, that's cool. Like, it's very cool. All right, I'm Michelangelo sorry. is a part. It takes very personal. I, of course, he likes Raphael. Ajian's bad boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Who likes 
<laughs> I love Leonardo. No, He's my favorite. Leonardo. Gatsby I, said Leonardo voice Leonardo of is kind of a boring pick. He's like the Obi-Wan Kenobi of the TMNT. Yeah, he kind of is. But yeah. I also yeah, like swords. And it would be cool to do Leonardo as like a like a Steve Harrington type from Stranger Things. Like I feel like yeah. he could like give some guidance. I like that. Like, yeah. well, he's, he's the one that's in charge. He's a flawed leader. Yeah. Because they're all like 15 or something ridiculous. But he's yeah, like... Good point. He's I don't like thinking about kid. their ages. Yeah. <laughs> that's the Turtles. <laughs> like literally like in the title. They're not middle-aged Ninja Turtles. I don't like it at all. No, it's weird. I want to see that, though. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> They're all just five. Yeah. I mean, Ninja but uh, prepubescent can also be like 12. You well, but for a turtle, I feel like they probably actually mature pretty quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> turtles go through puberty. At, they probably you know, do super very, early. Very I doubt it. Because don't turtles live? Isn't there that Galapagos turtle who's like 900? Yeah, they live to yeah. like 100 years old. He that puberty, puberty wouldn't tell you at 441. <laughs> he saw several world wars and then finally it was like, they dropped. <laughs> Cranked up Lincoln Park and <gasps> oh boy, uh, out of my room, mom. <laughs> Next out of my bog. <laughs> I don't know where turtles live. At the zoo, uh, yeah, on beaches, pretty often actually. Uh, there are beaches in Australia where all of the turtles will go like in one point of the year and then lay eggs, and you will get to watch all of the baby turtles go back into the water. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's actually why it's called Bondi Beach. The turtles uh, bond there, and they it used to be called Bonding Beach because all the turtles were bonding. And then over the years, they- that's true. Uh, I moved into an apartment my sophomore year of college that had turtles, and they had to get rid of them because I was allergic to them. How are you allergic? Are you just allergic run? to everything? Yeah, no, because they they have dander. Are you allergic to? Uh, they have fish? dander. Mm-hmm. Like, can you have a goldfish? I had a betta fish. His name was oh. Mister Fish. He died. Oh, oh dang! But it was like after five years. You. Oh no! Ultimate irony. <laughs> oh, I know Henry tale. That's Probably not of, the worst thing because turtles kind of smell like a locker room. They really do smell general, bad. So yeah. I mean, it was a it was a college apartment of four dudes. I'm sure. No, I'm sure. They were yeah. Yeah. Clean Nothing there. in the sewer where the Ninja Turtles live with a rat would smell bad and like our old pizza. <laughs> no good. You know what else smells like a rock locker room? <laughs> Los <laughs> Angeles. <laughs> I was That's like going through. I was gonna go with. Oh well, I hope you're not allergic to LA because we're going there. But well, actually, we're going to Anaheim, and I was like, don't basically. No, it's being like we're going to San Francisco in San Jose. Yeah. Yeah. Is it really it. that different? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, in in my head, they're effectively the same thing. It's because you're ignorant. Well, yes, literally, I'm ignorant on this topic. I, I would yes. much rather be going to LA than to Anaheim. Yeah, dude. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to Anaheim. <laughs> I hope you're not allergic. <laughs> Uh, we're going to PSX. It's so far. I, have we actually confirmed it, that it's it's me, it's you, it's it's an Andrew, it's a Max and a Brian. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more people than that going to. I think Fireteam Chat might be there. Okay. Also, side note: let's literally book our flights. Let's do that. Oh, yeah. that didn't happen. That's what Ooh, I was asking. Yeah. What about our hotels? Okay, yep. that's that's a postmort for this episode. <laughs> yep. Uh, but anyways, yes, uh, PSX is soon. It's in less than a month. It is uh, in Anaheim. On uh, technically, it starts Friday, December eighth. There's going to be a uh, Non keynote, keynote thing by Sean Layden. It's like an informal welcome ceremony, is the way they yeah. phrased it. And yeah. They're going to have updates on various games, and we don't know if that literally means like. So, like, this is a weird multi prong thing where, like, they confirmed that Dreams and Ghost of Tsushima will be there in some capacity. I, I don't know if it means on That's like a recap or if those are getting announcements. Maybe um, like a gameplay trailer. Dreams is the one I'm most interested in. That thing. Yeah, but are you, are but you even alive? then, it yeah. could be them literally on the show floor, or like taking press appointments. Like, we have absolutely no idea. Yep. Uh, I do want to say, because we're getting the question a lot, um, 
I'm sorry about Beyond 500, uh, that there are no formal plans for that to happen at PSX. I was Maybe, planning to yell at someone like, about that today. Yeah, like we are. So we, we, we got, had meetings. We, we had it planned. We had our one yell of the week. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but but then our uh, events manager left and we don't yeah. have one. So we literally don't have someone on staff yeah. who can plan an event like that. So if we don't end up planning the, the event that we had planned, like we had a meeting about it, um, yeah. then we will probably do like an informal meetup. Yeah, like we, yeah, no matter what, I, I we'll have some kind of meetup at PSX. But like as far as a actual thing called Beyond 500, like it means a lot to make that special. And like, thank you to the people waiting for it, because like I do think. What if we get to 600 before we make 500? <laughs> it's, it's like that 500 and 550 are the same. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like I, we still know what it'll be. And like, I'm just, you know, I'm sorry that we've been as quiet about it as we have been. Yeah. Sorry, too. That being said, if you we were the same people who did the episode where we went into the prison and we ate the ham for like an hour and a half. Sure. Yeah. So if you expect us to be able to do <laughs> yeah, that I'm room, sure that old podcast prison. room was kind of like a prison. Oh, I'm more curious about the ham. Yeah. Someone sent us a full honey baked ham and we ham ate it episode. on air and it's people's either favorite episode ever or people are like, I am done with this podcast. Oh yeah. Forever. People stopped listening because of the ham. So. It turns out don't eat a bunch of ham. And I was wielding a knife. Yeah. You had yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. This is like the apocalypse. There's also there's an episode where Max brought a bunch of vodka in, and I'm like so visibly drunk by the end. Of, I'm like slurring my words. But you by guys the just the whole time keep calling it milk. I, oh yeah, yeah. Because like it was just like I went in on a completely empty stomach, and Max was like, "Oh, I have vodka," and it was like late in the day, and we're like, "Awesome!" And then I'm just gone by the end of. The, I like, oh, not good. Uh, I think but anyways, PSX, uh, we can't go into uh, specifics, but we are doing a thing. A, a thing very is cool happening. Thing that, uh, once we lock down all the uh, cross, cross the T's and dot the I's, we yeah. can tell you guys about And for the first time in, in a long time, I don't even remember what the last time would have been, um, the entire Beyond Crew will be there. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's super exciting. Yeah, the last time might have been the, play, the San Francisco. PSX, yeah. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's just say if you're a big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No, I'm just kidding. What? Yeah. Nothing nope. to do with that. Nothing, absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with that. Don't do that. Um, and that's pretty much it. For this episode, Marty, what are you working on right now? Whoa, I didn't expect that question. Yeah, there you go. What's up? Uh, we just put up a feature on uh, the weirdest Mario games ever made, including one where he diffuses bombs in the jungles of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and mentioned one, that typing one. And one I played where that he, game. he teaches you typing, and one yeah. where he's uh, where he's missing. He's missing one where he's an artist. So uh, check that out. I'm so so proud of it. What about something PlayStation related? Nintendo shill. What about uh, there's uh, several features on Star Wars games, including uh, our favorite moments in Star Wars video games and uh, the best Star Wars games that never were, which uh, recaps stuff from ranging from Knights of the Old Republic three to a Darth Maul game That's to cool. the uh, Amy Hennig visceral game, which was recently canceled 13, or whatever 13. it was. Thirteen, thirteen, something. Big one. How about you, Andrew? Uh, I'm working on. Uh, I did a very big interview with Sean Velasco from Yacht Club Games, uh, kind of looking back on Shovel Knight and uh, all the way from what they started in 2013 up until now, when they're still continuing to develop it. It's sort of a not really a postmortem because the game is still in development, mm-hmm. but just sort of a like, holy crap, look how far we've come, kind of thing. That's um, awesome. So that's a big feature that it is so busy, and there have been so many big weeks. At this point, I'm playing just hold maybe for after Thanksgiving or something, but like sometime in the next few weeks that'll be going. Very exciting. How about you, Cassidy? I mean, every single day is a new edition on Snapchat, so... That's a lot of yeah. work. She it makes it sound like it's nothing. You guys <laughs> did a choose-your-own-adventure recently, though. Yeah. We did, yeah. We, we did a choose-your-own-adventure for Halloween. It was a lot of fun. Um, and where can people find you on Twitter and such? I am on Twitter at Cassidy Moser. My name is spelled terribly. It's my mother's fault. <laughs> it's uh, C-A-S-S-I-D-E-E, and then Moser is M-O-S-E-R. Thank you for joining us today. It was fun. 
Um, yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode. Sorry that wasn't a Let's Play up this week. Uh, I ultimately pushed it because all of this stuff happened and everything just exploded. But there will be one up on Thursday of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn Frozen Wilds. It's very dumb. And Shocking for those Let's Play. <laughs> <laughs> They're always very dumb. But uh, yeah, you can find those on YouTube.com slash IGN Beyond. And um, you can subscribe to the podcast on podcast services and such. So we'll see you guys next week. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.